Chapter 6 Saturday, December 18, 2010 Tom sits at his desk. He should get moving. He doesn't have much time. But he can't move. For the last ten minutes he has read from a small purple book. The same page over and over. On the cover, written in bold black letters. Private. Do not open. He takes the diary and slides it back into the safe in his desk. Inside, there are two other diaries and a small photo album full of pictures of Danny. He locks the safe and slides the desk drawer closed, then locks that, too. No one knows he has a small safe in his desk. He fitted it himself one weekend. Tom goes through his checklist one last time. He'd signed in twenty minutes ago, chatting to old Charlie on the desk for a while, asking about his daughter, just as he always did. Then he took the lift up to his office on the third floor. He'd unlocked it and turned his computer on, logging in at 5.22 a.m., and started an email. Now it is 5.36 a.m. Time to go. He heads into the corridor and takes the stairs down to the first floor the main ops room for Operation Ares. It's a large room with floor-to-ceiling glass composing one wall. Almost every other inch of wall space is taken up with whiteboards, covered with lists of names, photos of victims, schedules of surveillance, reports and statements. Seen from eye level, it's a mess. A Rorschach test in three dimensions. Yet from above, it resembles a hive city with maze-like avenues created from dozens and dozens of dividers forming little rooms or corridors where desks can congregate. Everywhere, everywhere is paper. Great, towering skyscrapers of paper. In some places they are still intact. In others, smashed down or mashed into other towers, as if Godzilla has rampaged through central Tokyo. Some of the paper skyscrapers spill onto the floor like a river that's burst its banks. In other spots, reams and reams are scrunched into balls and lie under desks or scattered around empty bins, a sorry testament to the lack of basketball skills in Britain. At this time of the morning, before natural light begins to spill through the glass, it feels oppressive. A city of paper dark and shadowy, except for one desk that blazes in the very centre of the web. This is where the graveyard shift works, or more likely dozers, while they wait for information on breaking crime. Mostly they file reports for later attention by the day shift. But sometimes they need some poor bugger woken up and dispatched to some drafty wasteland to look at a body. Tonight, they had just passed on a run-of-the-mill missing persons report. But that had made Tom head directly there, not passing go and not collecting two hundred pounds. Tom looks at his watch. 5.38. In under an hour, the graveyard shift will be over and the morning staff will start to arrive. He has to move. He can feel his stomach spasm. 
He's the boss. He should be beyond reproach. What he's about to do is misconduct at best. He vowed to himself 20 years ago that he would be strict, that his conduct would be whiter than white, that he would never do anything that he knew was wrong. Not again. Not since... That was why he was the youngest special operations superintendent in the Metropolitan Police. That was why he had the loyalty of his team. And will he jeopardize that now? For her? For Danny? Of course he will. <laughs>